go-to man, Israel Folau! Is he? Is he in? You better believe it. New Zealand Rugby's organised a crisis meeting with uh, Stephen Larkin. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, enjoy the show. Welcome to the 21st episode of the Draft Rugby Podcast, where we discuss fantasy super rugby, the game they play online in heaven. I'm your host, Kagi, and joining me uh, a little bit later in the week uh, to record the pod, I have Just Harry, uh, as we weren't able to record at our usual time of, let's just say, the evening on Mondays, uh, late evening. Um, late, and- late evening <laughs> slash early morning Tuesday. <laughs> And, uh, and obviously Nelson's just not as dedicated to, uh, to be here right now, but that's... Um, the schmuck's <laughs> working on a Thursday. <laughs> Who, works? Who works on a Thursday? Um, so, yes, actually, I was going to say, Harry, does this count as um, our 22nd episode um, after our, our genius uh, technical difficulties <laughs> notice slash episode? Or, uh... Some of our best work. No, I was going to call it 21B. 21B. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's better. I like that. Um, well, do you want to explain what went wrong? I was, uh, I was actually left carless on Monday night so uh, after lending my car to my brother, which I won't do again. Uh, and so I um, was calling in for the pod, and I have no idea how you clowns messed up the recording. Yeah, but, it was uh, a calamity of errors, I think <laughs> is the best way to say it. So basically, we were having issues with our recording device on my laptop, and uh, by the time we fixed it or, or found an alternative solution, it was almost midnight. And considering how long our podcasts go for, we thought it was a bad idea to continue. Uh, and I would... Blame you partly, because if you were here, we would have just used your computer and it would have been fine. Yeah, all right, fair. Throw it back on. That's all right. Okay. Um, All right, well, let's move on. uh, And actually, um, I can't just make... uh, Sorry. Actually, let's make sure that it it is 21B and not 22, just to make sure that Nelson can't claim uh, another podcast. Just wanted to be clear on that one. Um, But yes, no, we do have to give Nelson credit, though, for preparing uh, for the pod uh, coming out of Monday night to get things done, despite... um, the issues yeah. at hand. Absolutely. No no podcap. Yeah. <laughs> Not giving him that. All right. Anyway, before the plugs, um, uh, and after, I guess, look, I'll just get it out of the way. After my team did score the biggest uh, recorded score in our fantasy league uh, in history last week, they did prove um, just how rocks or diamonds my team are. Caught uh, with their pants down. Yes. And did nothing to do with my, uh, my terrible trades. It was just, it was purely rocks or diamonds. Um, and they're absolute junk this week. So... Consequently, Harry smashed me, and yes, he has beaten me 3-0 in Don't take this away from me, as I was so excited to go into this myself. That's it. Three zip, mate, and I'm two zip against Nelson, so mm. let's, and, and I play him this week, so let's just say it'll be a, another double podcast week next week, because you'll need an hour of me just celebrating and bragging. <laughs> uh, but yeah, very happy, mate, to hold it over you like that. And one, one more win to you, and you probably would have been sitting on top of me on the table as well. That's a funny thing. <sighs> it was a pretty crucial... We talked about it last week, it was a crucial matchup, but... Um, but no, yes, Harry, 3-0 in 2019, and could, you know, he's up against Nelson. He could be 3, he could be 6-0 against the entire podcast team next week. Um, Can't wait. I kind of, even though I don't want you to, I kind of hope you are, because I am also 3-0 against Nelson this week. <laughs> yeah. So Nelson would be 0-6 for six, uh, in this year. Which yeah, it would be, be fantastic. <laughs> um, but yes, so, uh, no, big matchup for Harry and Nelson this weekend, and uh, we will see how they go. Um all right, plugs out of the way. Everyone knows the website, draftrugby.com. All the articles are there. Um, and we are at Draft Rugby on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So for Entree this week, we're going to serve up a quicker review of the Fantasy Super Rugby Round 16, bearing in mind it's already Thursday in the week. Um, and for main course, we're going to look at Round 17 and what to come. We've had a few team lineups kind of coming through, which... We'll just say that uh, we were 100% bang on with our uh, guessing for what the lineup's going to be. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> no, we've just uh, updated that accordingly. And then uh, for dessert, we're going to do a Bulls, Bears, and Bubbles uh, players to finish the season by position. Harry, do you want to explain to the listeners what that means? Yep. Well, as most people know, Nelson posts a, a, a stock market once every six weeks for the Super Rugby season. So we wanted to keep the same theme going. Classic. So basically, the players that we're bullish on are the ones that we think will, will finish the strong in a very strong run of form. Uh, the Bears are the ones that we're bearish on, or the, the ones that we think the form will drop. And then the bubble will basically be where their value is overinflated, and they're going to have a big streak from out of nowhere. Excellent. Very good. All right. Well, with that, let's jump in. Yeah. As we said, we're going to try and time ourselves um, and be a bit quicker on the reviews. Um, so, yes, entree round 16, the buy was to the Highlanders uh, returning home from tour. And the first game I'll get stuck into was the Blues and the Bulls. A draw. 22 all. Um, who would have seen that coming? Yeah. Awesome game mm. of terrible, terrible handling. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, returning, there's no one really returning uh, injuries in this game. Paul Skuman, uh knee injury pretty early on. He's out for the season, I think. Yep. Roscoe Speckman, Hammy, he's out for four to six weeks. Or well, the season, I don't know. Actually, they could be in the finals of Bulls, who knows? Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. No, he's, he's done. Mm. <laughs> uh, Warwick Hillant, uh hamstring one to two weeks. Caleb Clark, calf strain, uh, guessing one to two weeks on yeah. him. Yep. So, yeah, this game, three tries apiece. Um Pretty even. The Blues had about 60% possession and territory, so not too much more. And it was an extremely wet Auckland. Um, it was raining pretty heavily through the first half, uh, and consequently handling was poor. I watched the Super Rugby wrap this afternoon, or this morning, sorry, mm. and they had a highlights package of all the bad passes and catches <laughs> from the weather. It was absolutely raining terror on oh. the handling skills for both teams. Yeah, no, it was, a big, it was a big game of forcings back in the first half. It was just... Um, just all we want to do is play it down the other end and not yeah. stuff up in our half. So, um, But yes, look, the, uh, in, towards, I guess, the end of the game, um, the Blues kind of just looked like they were trying to hold on and uh, and the Bulls were just really took control and looked like um, it was a matter of time until they scored and kind of levelled it, if not went ahead. So um, it, did, it was raining less in the second half and um, the Bulls just looked the more composed of the two teams. Uh, Rico was uh, a big letdown yet again. It was not the year of, of Rico Iwani. Form's taken a bit of a dip, um, and he's now being rested next week, but we'll get to that. Um, and the only other things we wanted to, I wanted to talk about in this was Libok was terrible, Manny Libok. Um, he just cannot kick very far and made a whole host of mistakes. No but, wonder they're rushing back Pollard. That's it. Um, and But two of my favourite moments did involve Libok. Uh, he was, it was after he did score a try, R.G. Snyman picking him up like a uh, three-year-old child and just uh, holding him up for the world to see, like Simba or something, you know, the Lion King. Uh, I thought that was great. And then... Um, the real interesting one, James Parsons getting the ball off a tr- kind of trick line-out play. He's charging directly. The last defender is Manny Libok. And for some reason, he like slows up and braces for contact and didn't score a try. It was the most insane thing I have ever seen. But um, there you go, anyway. Um, Way too much respect. I think that's the problem. Oh, it was insane, you know? You'd lick your lips for those kind of opportunities. But um, but yeah, and uh, look, this game could have been decided by with a last-minute penalty to Harry Plummer. Um, but look, I mean, his kicking is at fifty-five percent for the season. This isn't the first time he could have won the game. He's he's been he's been shockers. So. I have no idea why they took that. He's a terrible kicker. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, basically, the Blues led most of the important attacking stats. There was heaps of turnovers. Seventeen in each team. Uh, the Bulls made almost double the tackles, mm. um, but just got through it. Fantasy man of the match, Milani Nanai, sixty-two points. 
Um, so still found a way, three line breaks, six tackle busts. Then off to Angafasi, 50. Akira had a big one with a try, 47. And RG Snyman for the Bulls, 60 points. Nice. Next one was the Rebels versus the Waratahs on Fantasy Scoreboard. Waratahs, 445. Rebels, 370. So big mm. points there for the Waratahs compared to a pretty lousy effort from the Rebels, really. Mm. Score in real terms was 20-15. to 15. The Waratahs getting it done down in Melbourne, which was a huge game for them. And pretty much condemned the Rebels to having another subpar season, I think. The Tars only get up against the Australian side, so that's it. Dead set, <laughs> seriously. Uh, returning, you had Tommy English from a calf tear, Issy Nasserani from a big toe injury, Luke Jones from a hairline fracture around his eye socket. Rungi was rested as well the week before, and Hodge managed to dislocate his finger in the game. <laughs> yeah. He um, he was sitting at 45 degrees. He managed to have the medic run out, pop it back in. He was straight back into the line, putting another big shot on. So <laughs> it was awesome. respect to him. <laughs> I, I think he's back this week as well, so it won't keep him out at all. Mm-hmm. Um, then you also had injuries to Ned Hannigan with a concussion and Sakopi Kepu, who went off with a sore shoulder, but apparently should be fine for this weekend's game. Yeah. Uh, the first half, the Waratahs just absolutely dominated. You know they're feeling confident when they start putting those little chip chases and smart kicks in behind. I think Kurtley Beale started to really express himself, oh. and it's just too good to watch. And, He's been getting better and better. You know, I, I'll spoil the party for the, the fantasy man of the match, but the fantasy man of the week was uh, Kurtley Beale, who was just on fire. <sighs> who I traded to Harry about five weeks ago. It's devastating. Absolute great choice from you, mate. You were so hesitant as well. Uh Corabetti looked to have, I think the turning point in this one mm. was Corabetti looked to have a runaway try down the left touchline. Curtis Rona covered a huge amount of ground and then put an illegal shoulder charge on him to knock him out. Uh, it was given as a penalty. I don't understand how it cannot be a penalty try. It was definitely a shoulder charge. No, it was, yeah, completely illegal. Ridiculous. Mm. But the best thing about it was Curtis Rona got on Twitter that evening and said, Rugby league player against rugby league player. Six again, play on. <laughs> so I think he pretty much knew that he got away with one. Yeah. Awesome, I love saying that. I don't know how Crowbeard didn't back himself to just burn into the corner. Yeah, he, no. he would have made it if he just head down. Absolutely. Anyway. He did tend to pull up a bit. Mm. But in the end, the Waratahs were the better team. But I, I really thought the Rebels had every 50-50 call go against them. Yeah, no, they definitely didn't get the rub of the green in this one. For sure. Yeah, in terms of stats, it was two tries apiece. The Rebels had overall sixty-one percent possession, sixty-two percent territory, really even in the first half. But they dominated with seventy percent of both in the second half. Yet they still only got up twelve-seven in that half, so they, they weren't able to cover the deficit they had at halftime at thirteen-three. Mm. Uh, the line breaks, though, the Tars had thirteen to the seven, so double the line breaks despite having just over half the carry. So way more effective with their ball. Uh, the Rebels conceded a huge amount of turnovers, 22-9. to 9, And the Tars' 92% tackle stat was huge as well. And yeah. apparently they've got the highest tackle success in the competition. And that was making double the tackles. They still... That's right. Yeah. And, you know, they still concede a lot of tries because they've got zero physicality on the line. So I guess that's the the side note to that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantasy man of the match, like I said, Kurtley Beale, 88 points, 15 carries, four line breaks, 11 tackle busts and 123 metres. Huge. Also had Corbetti with 60 points, Foley with 54 and Hoops with 50 himself. Shouldn't have dropped Corbetti. Um all right. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Sunwolves going down to the Brums in Tokyo, 19-42. to 42. Uh, Fantasy, 378 to 431 to the Brums. So not as big as you would have thought for the Brums on the fantasy front. But, um, uh, you know, anyway, let's move on. Uh, returning, Tim Lafaele returned from a shoulder op about six months ago. So he came off the bench um, 
and he made a bit of an impact. Uh, he was good. And Lockie McCaffrey came back from uh, from the bench as well from an MCL injury he sustained in round nine. Can't believe they didn't start him. No, no. We were, I think you know, people, a lot of managers were devastated about that. We're counting on that, but um, for sure. Yes, and then injuries in this one. Henry Spate, so those managers that went for Spate for a one-week pickup would have not enjoyed this. He uh, pulled up kind of lame in the first half. Uh, I think he made it to half-time, maybe a little bit, I'm not sure. But uh, anyway, he, I, he, he didn't play. Uh, he might he played about a half of rugby, if that, and, um, and didn't see a whole heap of ball. Um, dominant performance from the Brumbies. I think everyone, that was to be expected. Um, and it's really it's thrust them to the top of the Aussie Conference after the Rebels lost to the Tars, so... Uh, they're now four points clear on the conference with matches to the Tars and Reds coming up. Um, so, if I mean, we've said the Tars have been good against the Brumbies, um, or against Australian teams, but we'll see how The Brumbies have been time. bad against Australian teams as well, so it should be interesting, but we'll get to that. Mm. Um, yep, okay, points in this game. Salmaki finally got a start. The bloke we wanted to see all season. And, didn't take him long to get in. Didn't take him long. In the second minute, he uh, took a kick, ran off, scored a try, and he was just huge. He was smashing people out of the way. Loads of tackle bars. He was getting into it. He was awesome to watch him play. Yeah. Um, Simone, he looked good. Uh, he was making some really good decisions. He's kind of growing into that role in the inside center, making some Kuradrani-type hit-ups, um, scored his own try and, and split the defense to set up Samu for a try. Looked a lot better. Yeah, he's looking real good. Uh, there was a lot of handling errors from both sides in this one. Um, you know, they, they did end up fairly similar possession. It was around uh, 56 to the Brumbies, a little bit more territory, 60% to the Brumbies. Um, they had about the same amount of carries. It's just the Brumbies, same amount of carries and tackle busts. Uh, it's just the Brums did a bit more with the ball, um, making four times the line breaks. Um, and sorry, how could I forget? Uh, other factors in this game. Connell, Connell? Connell McKinney? McKinney? Whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, he came on at halftime for Falau Fainga. Uh, and um, that's when they decided they were going to start scoring driving mall tries. Yeah, so. I love watching that <laughs> with Falau Fainga getting bugger all points for my team. So Harry still beat me without Falau, with Falau Fainga not getting any of these tries. But yeah, how good for uh, McKinney? Three yeah, tries. I'm dropping Falau Fainga for Connor McKinney this week. <laughs> yeah. And I hate to say, but we do have to mention uh, Masarewa was also huge, which I'll get to in the... Um, fantasy scores. So, fantasy man of the match, Masarewa, 79 points, 111 metres. He just shredded it up. One of those tries was amazing. He literally ran through the whole Grumpy's back line. He's starting to actually look like a good player. I don't know how... Anyway. Uh, Sunwolves, <laughs> Jamie Booth and Sal Markey, both huge games, 56 points. Both tries. Brumbies, McKerney, 71 points from his three tries, 40 minutes. McKinnery. McKinnery. McInerney. McInerney. We'll go with that. We got there. Um, Pete Samu, 54 points with a try and Simone, 50. Cool. Crusaders versus the Chiefs. Now, this would have to be one of the best fantasy games for players across the board this year. We actually should have just done the whole pod on this um, game. We we might do a third pod. <laughs> 21C. Uh, Chiefs, 590 points to Crusaders, 489. So both huge. Mm. And the end score was 40 to 27. Chiefs have the Crusaders over in Suva in Fiji. But that definitely doesn't tell the whole story. So returning from this one, you had Anton Leonard-Brown coming back from a rest. And Kieran Reid, who had a rest and, and also, I think, missed one game when he had a little bit of a shoulder stinger. Mm. No injuries in this one as well. So clean bill of health for next week, which is great for both those teams. Um, it was a huge crowd. Awesome to see it. Super vocal, and the vibe looked amazing. Oh. And they were treated to an absolute tri-fest. So first 30 minutes, the Crusaders were completely dominant, ran out 20 points to nil. The pace of the game was absolutely frantic while it was hot and humid, and there was just lots of errors and turnovers from the Chiefs. Mm. 
Chiefs didn't they couldn't quite get it together. Like, Especially as they were trying to get that new combo, I guess, with Deb, Nankerville and ALB, which hadn't played together a lot. Including that last second change where they swapped um, Nankerville into the 12 jersey and ALB back out to 13. That's right. I don't see how that made a difference to them, to be honest. They could have just stood there, but that's right. <laughs> True. Uh, Chiefs then, from that point, from the 30 minutes, outscored the Crusaders 40 points to 7. They only just missed out on an attacking bonus point from 20 nil down with a try at the death, just missing out on that one. Huge. Um, oh, sorry, just missing out on scoring a try at the death. Yeah. Uh, Razor Robinson apparently wasn't happy. He did an interview earlier today um, and basically said that their their decision-making was terrible. They decided to continue a kick downfield into play where you had players like Alamalo who had an absolute cracker oh. and really showed his form. Where has he been? Seriously, finally, as Nelson's dropped him, showed what he's got. Uh, he was saying they were they were feeling real dominant at set piece, scrum, and line out time, and yet decide, they decided to play this frantic set piece, which the Chiefs love. Mm. It, was just, uh, it was a broken play. The game just deteriorated. Everyone was so buggered, it just deteriorated to broken play, and that's where the Chiefs excel. You had Peter Gustawakulu playing the game of his life as well. In front of his home ground, the Fijians. Got Barrett galloping away for a 60-meter mm. try. <laughs> I think Kagi said 60 because he's a forward fellow forward. I think it was about Probably 40. Probably 40, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> Brad Weber and Severo Reese, both awesome as always as well. Debrasini had a great oh. game. A few big hard runs attacking the line. Huge boot from him as well. His and then he put Sean Stevenson through an awesome line as well. His boot was huge. Like, that was just getting him out of so much trouble. Mm. And the first win for the Chiefs against the Crusaders since round one of 2016. Mm. Uh, in this, Chiefs had possession and territory 55 to 54%, so relatively even. But the metres were 701 metres to the Chiefs, 584 to the Crusaders. Almost 1,300 run metres in the game. Insane. Line breaks the Chiefs at 23 to the Crusaders 13. Yeah. Absolutely insane as well. And the tackle percentage is 77% to the Chiefs, 81% to the Crusaders is pretty poor on both sides. Mm. I think the heat just made that difference. Oh, yeah. uh, only nine penalties in the game as well. So the pace was high and yeah. it was continuous. And non-stop. Yeah. Man, fantasy man of the match was Solomon Alamalo, 79 points, 15 carries, four line breaks, five tackle busts, two offloads, 191 <laughs> metres and a try to top it off. In the Chiefs, you had Simasoni Tokuaho, 64 points. Brady Weber, 63. ALB, 62. Shooter McGavin Stevenson, 58. Mitchie Drummond, 56. Severis, 52. And all 51. So basically, everyone scored very well. In the backs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Reds and the Haguares at home in Suncorp for the Reds. They went down 23 to 34. Um, as we said, the Hagiwares have never lost a game on Australian soil, and they didn't. Six and oh, yeah, it didn't really look like they were going to in this one. Um, fantasy scores four sixty one by the Reds, so huge fantasy score from them. Uh, they delivered, and the Hagiwares only three fifteen, lowest fantasy score of the round. So they won the game and just somehow didn't score any points. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't quite it. translate, does it? No. Uh, returning for this one, uh, the entire team Samu Karevi uh, was rested, so <laughs> they. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so Samu Karevi was. Re- returning from a rest, sorry. Um, and, uh, but they had loads of players coming back. Harry Hawkins back from the red card for booting um, Warren Voyasato in the head. Um, Chris Foyasotia back from minor knee injury. Filippo Dalgunu back from broken arm. Hamish Stewart from a shoulder. Uh, for the Haguares, Tukalet back from a knee injury. Was he back? No, he didn't actually play. Okay, that's good. We'll get so, rid of that. Yeah. <laughs> 
we'll just say that those notes were Nelson's. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, injuries in this one. Moyano. So he was uh, he's done his calf and should be he's out for the rest of the season now. Confirmed. Lazana hamstring one to two weeks and Tate McDermott he's out with an ankle for one to two weeks. Um, this one, all the Reds grew uh, massive uh, seedy moustaches, uh, the, the old handlebars, in tribute to Scotty Higginbotham's 100th game. Um, and there's some great shirts after the, the game of uh, lots of Higgers red cards. Uh, the Indigenous Haka. First time I've ever seen kind of anything like that. Uh, did you see that, Harry? Yeah, it was awesome. I've watched it about three times since. It was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know how you're allowed to have guys coming at someone with spears. That was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, uh, this game, first try, standard Samu Karevi line break. Just busts in the midfield through two front rowers, offloads to CSF, CFS rather, um, for a try. Basically, Karevi just didn't get enough ball. I mean, still the Reds' entire attack re- basically relies on Karevi getting a hand on his getting his hands on the ball and getting through. Didn't get enough. Um, the Haguaris came out uh, after the halftime kind of break, just calm and collected, and they turned their two-point lead into 11. They just stayed composed, stuck to their structures, and just kind of wore down the Reds. Um, but yeah, with one uh, one minute left, the Reds were down by six and looked to have a pretty good chance of counterattack. Karevi pushed a pass, was intercepted by Carreras, and mm. he ran down the other end to score a try, much like Origin last night. Um all right, uh, stats, uh, yeah, red, pretty even possession. The Reds had pretty much more of all the attacking stats, um, except they had nine less carries. Uh, they also conceded less t- turnovers, and they had less missed tackles, but somehow they didn't win. Stats with the Reds always don't seem to make sense. Five tries to two is probably the telling stat. Five tries to two the telling one, absolutely. They just can't get over the line, the Reds, unless it's Karevi. Yeah. Uh, fantasy man of the match was Felipe Escura, um, with 62 points, so the, the halfback in the start. Um we have for the Reds, Jock Campbell, 61. Dalgunu, 51. Electric return from him. Uh, Karevi, 50. Hegarty, 48. And for the Haguares, literally just Carreras with 56 points. Right, next one, Sharks versus the Hurricanes. You had the score finishing up. Hurricanes upsetting the Sharks in South Africa, 30-17. to 17. Not a lot of fantasy points in this one. 433 to the Canes, 388 to the Sharks. Mm. Uh, returning, you had Tommy the Tank Engine Dutoit coming back from around 13 ankle sprain. I think he came via the bench. He did. Yep. Uh, you had Dane Coles and Gareth Evans coming back from their calf tears as well. Those terrible calf tears that keep people out for that's, seasons, apparently, it, in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> they came back both off the bench as well. Fraser Armstrong coming back from his concussion. And Richard Judd, the gun understudy halfback, coming back from a shoulder injury as well by the bench. Mm-hmm. Injuries in this one, you had Matty Proctor, Terry's Peck. They think he's probably gone for the season. I think they're just waiting on a scan to confirm that one. Yep. Wes Huyson has a hamstring strain, so again, strange just generally means it's not so bad. So probably a one to two week injury, we think. And Kane Lau Pepe came off the bench and got concussed, so he's gone. He's been flying home as well. The last one was Vea Fafida, who got a red card for a late dangerous tackle, uh, and he is gone for three weeks. That's been locked in now as well. Mm. Uh, benefits of us doing a podcast late. We know this stuff. Yeah, um, pre-game, Isaiah Walker-Liawere got promoted back to the starting team over La Pepe, so I'm not sure what that's about. That's a bit of a funny one. It really stuffed me out because I would have started him, but that's all right. Yeah, well, surely that's something to do with a um, team protocol bre- breach or something, you would that's think. It's something on the hush-hush. Yeah, for sure. exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the end, this was just a real scrappy testosterone field affair. Yeah, lots of niggle. Massively, yeah. the Canes match up to the Sharks' physicality, and once they did that, they had the wood over them with the superior game management, and obviously the flair in the back line as well. Yeah. Uh, the 
at times, the Canes' physicality went too far, and it saw Fafita red carded, as we talked about as well. Uh, and then you just had on the flip side, in terms of physicality, the Sharks' scrum destroyed the Hurricanes. Canes oh, yeah. lost three on their own feed, mm. which is a huge nine points off every forward. Yeah, every pronunciation. Every single forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hurricanes tried to speed the game up as well, while the Sharks were trying to slow it down. Obviously, the, the Hurricanes pulled it off a little better. La Mape is just unstoppable. Yeah. Won't be rested next week as he was expected because of that Proctor injury, we would think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they actually came out and said that. And uh, the Dupree's brothers were both massive for the Sharks as well. Big carries, lots of offloads, as you love to see from them. The game literally ended in a mini brawl as well, so it was good to see that fire up. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. In the end, Hurricanes got up three tries to two. Possession was Sharks with 52%, 63% territory, but just couldn't do enough with it. They did, however, manage to get more carries, 493 metres to 341. 18 line breaks to the hurricane, uh, to the Sharks over the Hurricanes, 10, which was surprised me. Mm. And the Sharks also had more offloads, 10 to 7, but that was clearly just the Dupuis brothers. <laughs> uh, turnovers conceded 16 to 6, so I think Artie had five of those himself. Yeah. So I think that he was probably the difference maker there. Mm. And again, not a great tackle percentage. Uh, 72% for the Sharks, 84% for the Hurricanes as well. Fantasy man of the match was drawn. Bodie Barrett and Nani Lamape, both 72% at uh, two points. Mm-hmm. Bodie Barrett had 14 carries, two tackle busts, four offloads, two try assists, and three penalty kicks. Whereas Lamape had five carries, two line breaks, 10 tackle busts, 70 run meters, and a try. Dan Dupree has had 68 points. The, and be- the Artis, better Dupree. The better this year, 2019.0. Yeah. Uh, Artis Sevilla, 53 points. And I think, just worth mentioning, we're talking about we're talking about Bowden Barrett. I think he's up near like a 50-point average for the he year. He's so he's, far he's, ahead of the other fly halves. Yeah, it's, in, it's insane. Which is great because he should be. Yeah, exactly. It now makes sense. Um, yeah. All right, moving on. Lions and the Stormers uh, at home in Johannesburg. The Lions, 41-22, to 22, almost doubling the score uh, and top scoring on the fantasy this week, 612 points for the Lions against 324 for the Stormers. Um, or, so we say, a depleted Stormers. Um, returning for the Stormers, there was Ernst van Rijn, or Ernst van Rijn, um, returning, exactly. He's like <laughs> one of the only locks left, uh, but we'll talk about that in the preview. He came back from an elbow off the bench. Eben Etzebeth from the Big Baby Man flu last week that uh, saw him sit out. And Malcolm Marks just from a Springbok rest week. Uh, injuries in this one, Elton Yachis wasn't really an injury, but he breached. Uh, there was a breach of team protocol. Don't know what he was doing, but he was probably following the footsteps of the Crusaders, um, and uh, so he was not allowed to play. I uh, think he was actually just calling the shots over Quagga when Quagga was captain. Could have been. No, that's what they're saying. Oh. Yeah. Okay, I'll say. Well, there you go. Uh, I don't take back what I said. Sky out into Benny. Uh, he was pulled pre-game with a um, previous corked thigh. Uh, and mm. Etzebeth... Uh, Suspected, I'm pretty sure they, he broke his hand at some point in the first half. Uh, kept playing, and then at halftime they were like, "Mate, you've broken your hand. Um, you're not coming back on, even though we have no locks." So um, that was fun for them. They had no height for the second half. Um, Ciabello Sonatla did a hammy uh, about I don't know four or five minutes in. He was someone that I picked up because I really like him. Um, didn't get anywhere with him, so thanks, mate. And Cobus Visa, he did a hamstring. Um, I think also around the halftime, somewhere in the second. Anyway, but he... Um, Before. Yeah, he's probably... He's not going to be playing this next week. Uh, this game... Um, I'm mindful of time, so I won't go on about how this just sealed my fantasy result. Basically, I, I, had, I had no idea how Harry and I were going this week, and then I watched this game and I knew I'd lost. But, um, oh, yeah, yeah, it's just... Uh, you know, didn't happen for me in this one. Um, the Lions were just 
they were just more dominant, basically. They kind of... Once they started to get a bit of a roll, a bit of momentum, they just really took off, and uh, the Stormers just couldn't keep up and compete. Um, some of the huge... Like, Andres Kutsir had one of his biggest performances of the year, breaking a few tackles and scoring a try. Um, the Lions just dominated the ruck, turned over loads of ball, um, and just controlled the game. Quagga Smith was huge in that, in, in turning over the ball. Scored two tries. Could have been three if he just held onto the ball... Um, uh, on a, ch- a kick he chased through but uh, I think he dropped it or he just didn't pick it up um, yeah. and yeah I mean other things that happened in this game um, Lionel Marpu was pretty good again uh, set up a good tr- good try he was running some good lines he's definitely back to his old self he used yeah. to be a good fantasy player as well kind of got a lease, well. second lease on life mm-hmm. um, and uh, Tyrone Green was huge off the bench um, god he looks good he's someone to look forward we'll look forward to there. in the future yeah um, the stats, the Lions led all the attacking stats and despite pretty even possession, they just did more with their ball. So that was pretty evident in six tries to three. Um, they had almost three times the line breaks, 25 to seven, and almost three times the offloads, 17 to six. So um, yeah, that's that's how they won this one. Um, their scrum, they destroyed the Stormers. The Stormers, like the Crusaders, lost three on, no, like the Hurricanes, three on their own feed, minus nine points to everyone. Um, and yeah, so the fantasy man of the match was Malcolm Marks, 84 points, 11 carries for 60 metres, three line breaks from him and 11 lineouts won. Uh, Quagga Smith, 75 points, Andrews could see 59 points, and Vincent Shitaka on 58 points. Um, for the Stormers, it was really just Harry's favourite man, Herschel Yanchis, um, with 58 points, was kind of the only... How good is he? The only light in the, uh, in the, in the very dark tunnel for them. Yes, all right. Well, that uh, that takes us through the preview. Uh, I'm not sure we did as quick as we would have liked to, but um, that, yeah, Harry's just turning on the heating because it's uh, near freezing here. Oh, but, man, um... I'm so cold. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's too noisy. Let's suffer. <laughs> That's it. Uh, okay, so let's move on to the main course. Round 17, we've got a bye to the Chiefs, and the first game will be the Highlanders and the Bulls um, at home in uh, Dunedin. That's right. Uh, we already mentioned a few of the injuries. Paul Skuman gone for the season. Roscoe Speckman gone for four to six weeks, and Halant out for one to two weeks as well. This lineup is out, so those are all confirmed as being absent for the week. I think you've got Devan Rousseau coming in at fullback. You've got Johnny Kotze being shifted out to the wing, and the sevens player Dylan Sage playing at number th- in the number 13 jersey as well. They've also pushed Ambrose Papier back up to the starting line. I think they just have absolutely no idea who their top choice halfback is so they just basically pull a name out of a hat each week I think Rossi's just said uh, I want more puppy in there because I put him in my spring box last week uh, I, yeah, I don't know mm. <laughs> maybe maybe I reckon they have no idea what they're doing mm. uh, Marco Van Staden back to eight uh, and uh, they've brought Ruan Stinkamp into the sixth jersey as well so that's with uh, Paul Skuman out and with Dwayne Vermeulen back at home wrestling that's right yep uh, you've also got returning basically the entire Highlanders team so you've oh, hold got on, one more big, big oh, sorry. Andre Pollard Flying over. Yeah. So that will make probably the biggest difference to that team possible. Um, Absolutely. But yeah. Um, and uh, Joshuane, Liam Squire, Jackson Hamopo, and Tavita Lee are all back in the side this week. Uh, Lee from a hamstring, Jackson Hamopo, an injury. Liam Squire had some family issues. I think he missed that whole tour. There was a mm. bit going on there. After a lot of injuries earlier in the season. That's right. And Joshuane was a late pull from last week because of a, a quad cork that he couldn't recover from. So. They will be absolutely cheering to have all of them in there because they definitely need to win their last two games to have any chance of finals. Uh, I would think that the uh, the Highlanders forward play should improve markedly with these guys back. Hamopo was in 
an huge absolute team. huge. So uh, the highest three round average in of fantasy at the moment. Oh, he's an absolute weapon. Points. He was he was so big for them before he went out. Yeah. And uh, Liam Squire has actually got a lot of pressure on him to make a name for himself as well. So in two weeks. Yeah. In two weeks. Yeah. So a bit like Wasaki Naholo last week. I'm expecting big things from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, no uh, no word on Matt Faddis concussion and Daniel Lennett Brown's knee injury. Uh, we don't know what's happening with them, but they're definitely not on the side for this week. Yeah. Not on the bench either. Yeah. Um. We know that Naholo is going to just keep ki- killing it. I think back home we're going to get the Waseki no. The zoo will be going off. Chant back, so I can't <laughs> wait for that because I'm not playing you this week. Um, Holland has scored the second most competition points, 28.3 points per game, and concede the fourth most, 27.4 points per game. Uh, this is per player mm-hmm. as well. So they're the highest. They also the highest fantasy points are scored at Forsyth Bar Stadium of any location in the competition. Mm-hmm. So basically, the more players you can get in this game, the more likely you are to win. And I'm going to say opinion. ideally Highlanders instead of Bulls players, but that's just and uh, that's, that's also because you have how many Highlanders? I have four Highlanders starting ah, this week. Nice. Yeah, that's so that's <laughs> sure to be at least five by the time we get through trade night. Yeah, that's true. Um, should be a really high-scoring game. Uh, and I would also just note, Bulls are ninth in attack and 11th in conceding points, so they're actually on the polar opposite. So maybe they bring that average down a little bit, but I think with a few chains around their pack and uh, and, a, and the end of a long tour, maybe that will uh, not be too telling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your favourite stat about the Bulls? My favourite stat, last week I said the Bulls will beat the Blues because since round four they've gone win-loss, 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 win-loss. <laughs> they were due the win last week. They almost got there. They were so close. By a bee's dick. Ended in a draw. So I actually have no idea what's going to happen this week. The draw's thrown it all up. Yeah, Yeah, that ruins my entire Bulls theory. So technically on that pattern, they're due a loss. Now, well, I mean, not just because I have lots of players in the game, I'm going to back the Highlanders. I just think at home, they're pretty much back to their full complement. Shannon Frizzell coming in off the bench as well. It's, It's going to be big. So. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, next game, Reds versus Blues. Uh, again, at home in Suncorp. Um, notable injuries. First, Tate McDermott out, so that's going to be huge. He has been absolute heat for them. Uh, and so sure, you just bring Saravi straight in, right? And no, they don't bring Saravi straight in. They're uh, Scott Malalua. I don't know what we don't know what Saravi did to piss off Brad Thorne, but uh, clearly something. Maybe mm-hmm. he turned up late to the barbecue or something. I don't know. Um, or to church. Uh, who knows? Um, and yeah, Scott Malua. Malua. Yeah, young bloke came off the bench last oh, week. Oh, you want me to help? Yeah, oh, I was. Malalua. Malalua is um, so he's getting a big start in his second ever Super Rugby game. So good luck to him. Um, yes, uh, Caleb Clark for the Blues. He's out with a calf strain. I'm guessing one to one to two weeks for him. And now returning uh, for the Blues, Dalton Papali'i is coming back from a concussion. He's being thrust straight into the starting lineup. Yep. And Josh Goodhue is back from concussion and just generally not being picked. Uh, Leon McDonald has said that. There's a lot of competition for second row starting spots in the Blues and that they're quite happy with all of them. But we, we personally think goodhue has been amazing and um, he's got to be a kind of second choice after Patrick Tui-Peloto. But um, mm. anyway, so he's off, he's on the bench. Um, yeah, I mean, with this game, the Reds have nothing to lose. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that much, but um, they've got no hope of making the finals. Um, but they can deny the Blues. Uh, the Blues can still mathematically make a uh, you know make the finals. Um, you know, a few kind of things have to go their way, but um, the Reds can deny them that, and uh, they will want to give everything for. I'm not sure if they have a home game next week, because I don't think I think it's their last home game for the season. Um, so they'll want to make the most of that. Uh, I mean, it could be the they, last. Actually, they're away this week. Sorry, the Blues. No, the Reds. Talking about the Reds. Oh, sorry, the Reds. 
they are away playing the Brumbies next week. Yes, so it could be the last game we see Samu Karevi playing for the Reds uh, in Suncorp, which is bloody tragic. Um, but uh, anyway, they'll want to get up for it. Um, all right, for the Blues, uh, SBW was bracketed to return. Um, so bracketed in starting with Nonu, not not bracketed for the bench. Uh, but um, after after a whole week of training, apparently he looked pretty good. But they're saying he's just just one week off. They think so. I think there's still a tiny chance that they could just thrust him in there. But um, I, I'm going to say it's not going to happen. So I'm pretty sure they have to name their 23, 48 hours before. Yeah, but remember naming teams doesn't seem to matter. No, no, no. In you could put him on the bench and then slide him in. You can't just put him into the twenty three. No, mate, just watch him do it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so, yes, SBW not back next week if you had picked him up uh, for this week like I had. Um, in terms of the back row, yeah, as we said, Dalton Pabali thrust straight back in there. Uh, you would have thought that Akira was going to get a rest. So, last week, Dalton was supposed to be back, and that meant Akira Iwani was supposed to get a rest. He took another week. And even now, with Dalton Pabali coming back, um, Tom Robinson is being, uh, well, not really rested, but put on the bench. So, Akira is starting once more, and this now means if he finishes this game and next week, that's two entire seasons starting every match. Um, so it's about 32, 33 games. So. Crazy. Absolutely gun. Um, He's such a weapon at that rate as well. Indeed. Uh, all right. For the forwards, no. Kyle Tuan uh and he's still out injured. Patrick Tuipolotu is being rested. Um, in the backs, Tanielu Talea is, and Matt Duffy are on the wings. So Rico Yuani is being rested as well. All back rest week. And Caleb Clark is out injured. For the Reds, uh, Matty McGahn, uh, he, we think he has less of an impact in the 10 jersey as opposed to 15. I don't know. I think Hegarty's good regardless. Hegarty's been good all year. The Reds uh, the Reds have the most tackle busts per match. And, um, I mean, those are all Karevi. Again, this game's going to be about whether or not he does that. Um, just get so, it. matching up against Nonu is a tough play, though. It is. It is. Um, but regardless, just get him the damn ball. Um, and, uh, yes. So, look, the Blues... Um, the Blues have been one of the best teams in the comp at putting together phases. Uh, but just not kind of finishing. And the Reds have been the, one of those teams that just can't seem to score points. So it's going to be an interesting one. But um, I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that kind of combo will just mean that they'll uh, perk up and the game will get free and they'll start scoring some points. How do you, how do you see this one going, Harry? Uh, I reckon the Blues will nullify Karevi through Nonu, just like he did for Lau Mape, And the Blues is going to have way too much. Nano, big game for Nano. Every no, week. No, Rico. So every week, man. Every <laughs> week. Actually, I think it's probably bad for Nano because he gets a lot of his points giving try assists to Rico. So maybe it drops him down a bit. True. Okay. <clears> yes. <throat> no, I don't know. I don't think the Reds will be able to get this one done, unfortunately. But um, yes. All right. Moving on. Right. Crusaders versus the Rebels. Mm. Now, the Rebels are saying that this is an absolute must win for them. They swore they're not going to rest any players. And then they decided to rest players. Seven team changes. Seven, seven personnel changes. Seven, yeah. So Will Genny is being completely rested. Mm. Um, He's are, not important, though. No, not at all, not at all. And uh, Dave Vessels has come out and said, well, they'll put Genia out of the 23, they'll put Quade Cooper on the bench, mm. and then they've explicitly said the Waratahs should definitely be resting their players this season <laughs> because they've had to do it with Genia and Quade. So there's some tension there for sure. Mm. Um, you also have... Uh, I think Anaru Rangi, Luke Jones, Marika Korobedi, and Quade Cooper all benched. Mm-hmm. Marika Korobedi apparently not in the first 23 the Rebels released. They had um, Sam Jeffries in the number 23 jersey, yeah. which makes no sense. Yeah. They've 
then edited and no, Corobetti is in the 20s. I reckon Sam Jeffries got around to the, the social media and he posted that. You know, <laughs> yeah, 100%. He's like, I'm in it, I'm in it, it's there. It's 100%. Yeah. Uh, in the Crusaders team, we're thinking Tim, Tim Perry is expected to be back from his broken forearm. He played club rugby last week, so he should be good. Owen Franks, we haven't heard as positive uh, feedback, but they said if he gets through training, then he should be in the team as well. Uh, so downside for Michael Allen, uh, sorry, Michael, Michael Allen. <laughs> Michael Ala Alatoa. Owners as well. And Matty Todd had his rest week last week, so he'll be back. You also have Jordan Uelisi slotting straight back into the hooker jersey. <clears throat> Angus Cottrell starting again after missing last week. Michael Ruru in the nine jersey. Matt Tamur at 10. And Tommy English coming in on the wing for the Rebels. Mm-hmm. I think our first point here before we sell the teams was both teams run out similar 23, so that's not right. Yeah, uh, we'll move on. on. <laughs> <laughs> the Crusaders, though, we are expecting a similar-ish side, right? Yeah. Um, on top of that, I think just worth noting that both Reese Hodge and Jack Maddox have still only had one rest, so they may need another one. I think Hodge is probably more likely out of those two guys. They don't have a huge Wallabies workload, and they did say that only the, the really heavy workload players would miss two, mm. but Hodge playing in the centres all year last year, I think he's one that you need to be pretty careful of. And personally, playing the Crusaders and then being at risk of missing the game, I would trade Hodge now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think people are pretty bullish on him as well. Absolutely. Not, not us. Yeah. Uh, Fox Sports. Uh, actually, I'm, he might even be on my team list as bullish player. Is he? I'm yeah, pretty sure he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll so it. ignore my latter point. Uh, Fox Sports will probably try and play this one up. The one time the Rebels upset the Crusaders in Christchurch. Yeah, a couple of years ago. Uh, the, the Crusaders have won one, drawn two, and lost one in the last four games. So they're in a pretty poor run of form. But uh, I, I don't really see it going that it's way. It's the Crusaders in Christchurch, okay? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they still haven't lost a game for 28 games in a row <laughs> yeah. um, down there. If the task could disrupt the way the Rebels want to play, I think the Crusaders definitely, definitely can. So I, I think it's going to be a hard day for the uh, the Mental Rebels Melbourne. game plan. And playing with a, with a completely different fly heart or 9-10 combination in that flat-style attacking game where they really haven't been tested, I just don't know how that's going to work for them. Yeah. Um, they'll have to change everything, basically, if they do start. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I think uh, the only changes that you could see, maybe Crotty, who played a full 80 minutes last week, might get a rest mm. just before finals to freshen him up a little bit. Yeah, he played he, a lot of minutes. He doesn't normally play the 80. It's just through injury he had to play the 80 last yep. week. So. you got Good Hugh, Enor, maybe as a combo in the centres, and Bridge will be back starting on the wing, yeah, you think, the for sure. Last week. Mm. Yeah, so that was just to give Braden Enor a run, who was who was obviously very good as well. Sebu Reese has played a lot of game time as well, so definitely keep your eyes open for that, that back line and the Crusaders team lineup oh, as well. That's the first thing everyone wants to know every week. Yeah. Uh, and I think the Crusaders will belt the Rebels, I would say, back into form and really respond coming into finals, I'm saying, by 25 to 30 points. Yeah, I'm going to give it over 20 at least. So. Mm. Cool. All right. Uh, it takes us to the Tars Brumbies out at uh, Parramatta Stadium, um, the new Parramatta Stadium in Sydney. Uh, which is just West. it's just not close to anything. I'm not gonna not gonna lie. It's it's far. Sydney is Are we going? Sydney's huge. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> no, I've, we, I've had zero people want to go out there. In we, the last we've got to go hours. to one game at this bloody new stadium and then one Tars game. Um, yes. So Tars Brumbies. Um, let's just injuries. Ned Hannigan concussion from last week. Uh, he is out. The so the Tars lineup is has been is out. Um, and Henry Spate probably won't be playing. He did something to his calf last week, as we talked about. 
Returning uh, Kepu, so he had that kind of sore shoulder and we thought he could be in doubt, but no, he's been named to start. I mean, he also needs to have a wallaby's rest, but we'll get to that. Uh, and Tolu Latu um, is, has been listed on the bench despite his court hearing today. Sure. It was today, but he pleaded guilty. He's been That's adjourned true. to the 14th now. So That's right. that gives him, I guess, the regular season to play. So yeah, so, so basically they're banking on them not making finals. <laughs> Just keep pushing back all those rests. <laughs> yes. Just push him back. So um, Wallaby's coach, Michael Checker, clearly um, having a bit of influence here, getting Tolu Lardu back on the bench and Jordan Ulisi straight in the starting lineup. You know, He's probably like, Rebels, you're going to lose the Crusaders anyway, so put Ulisi on. And Taz, I don't care, just get Lardu on the bench, you know, get him in there. Um, so, yeah, speaking of those Wallabies rest weeks, Michael Hooper, Rob Simmons, Kepu, Foley and Beal all need to sit out one of the next two games, technically. Uh, as we've said, un- it was unlikely to happen against the Brumbies, and it isn't happening against the Brumbies. They're all starting. Um, so, yes, uh, I mean, De- Vi- well, not vice coach, what's that, buddy? Assistant coach. Vice coach. <laughs> yeah, vice coach. There we go, the viceroy. No. Um, Chris Whitaker was already uh, saying that very small chance that they were going to rest them because they really want to um, to honour and win the Dan Vickerman Cup, um, which is the Brumbies and Tars. So... Yes, they'll have to be rested next week against uh, a New Zealand team, which I forget who it is, but um, Tars playing someone next week. But uh, yeah, so the Highlanders, I think. Highlanders, they'll have to rest them then, which will not be very good for the Tars. Um, all right, so we thought Jed Holloway would be in the mix for a start, but Tom Stanforth has moved into the starting side. Lockie Swinton's great form at six has kept him in the starting side. Um, there's still, I guess, next week, Teddy Flanagan could be back with concussion and Jack Dempsey, I mean, who knows? But. Um, so if you if you've picked up Lockie Swinnon, like great for this week, but who, who knows next week? Um, I reckon the Brumbies will get on top of the Tars scrum. Brumbies like they've got the the Wallabies front row and they've just been absolutely solid at set pace. Um, I don't think the Tars rolling mall defence will be very good. Um, Never. So uh, full our finger. He, I'm not playing this week. All the tries that he uh, he, he can get all the tries. He's in a drought, mate. He's in an absolute drought. <laughs> Mate, I think he's good enough tries for the season, okay? It's fine. Um, so, yes, uh, we could see the return of Andy Muirhead um, with Spade out. Uh, so exciting times for that. And um, He's a good fantasy player. He's, he's not a good player. Uh, no, no, I didn't say he's a good player. I won't, I, won't re- I won't respect that statement of any type of player again. Mate, you picked up Mareki Korobeti. I did, but then he, he got 100 points, so it was validated. Um, and I, I dropped him, he got 60, so anyway. Um, Brumby's two, two from seven away from home this year, and uh, only one from four against Aussie opposition, despite clearly being the best Australian team. So, uh, as we've said, the Tars just managed to get up against the other Aussie teams. Um, and so, we'll have to say, I mean, the Tars are three from seven at home this year, and four from five against Aussie teams. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll see what happens in this one but um, it's literally just going to be like whether the Waratahs come out with their all guns blazing attack uh, and really lift that pace of the game like they did against the Rebels just kind of take over or if the Brumbies are able to just control slow it down a bit and um, play, first, play their game first time I looked at this one I thought yeah the Waratahs will win because they're just so dominant in terms of their Australian derbies but the more I think about it the more I think the, the Brumbies are playing very very good footy mm. and I just don't really see where they could pick the Brumbies apart maybe with a little bit of a defensive lapse around Tom Bakes being lazy Simone not being completely comfortable um, maybe that's where there's a few mm. opportunities but Realistically, they're going to have to play very, very well if they can upset the Brums. Yeah, no, I can't. I, I'm like what we were talking about. Simone's just seeming to be a bit more settled and composed, and so I don't know. Curtly Beal's going to have to have an absolute blinder, and Foley's going to have to really have an on-point kicking game. They're going to have to win that territory battle. 
for mm. sure. So, I don't know. I'm gonna mm. still gonna back the Tars just because uh, I'm a biased uh, Tars supporter. But, oh, um, same. Yeah. All right. Excellent. <laughs> but still, two tries to Flaffinger. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Mm. Lions versus the Hurricanes. So, just to quickly recap those injuries. Fair for feeder out for three weeks from that red card. Proctor, Torn Peck, Gonskis, Wes Husson flown home with his hammy strain. Kane La Pepe with a concussion. And you did have Elton Yanchi's miss last week with a breach of team protocol. But he is expected to be back in the side this week. And, you know, the players are coming out and saying, we endorse it, yada, yada, yada. Hmm. Um, like I said, I, I think the reason behind all that was last two weeks ago when he was playing... He was asked to go for poles, and I think he kind of overcalled the decision, decided just to kick for touch and do what he wanted. Um, And there's a bit of uh, rumour that maybe he's just a bit sour about the fact that there's now been four captains where he's been the vice-captain every single time. (laughs) So for whatever reason, he's not been made the captain when he should be. So I think that, yeah, it's it's a good story. I like it. It's a good story. Sounds sounds good. Yeah. Uh, players that might come in for this one, mainly the Hurricanes guys. You've got Salisi Rayasi, Danny Tuala, and Liam Mitchell all been flown over as replacements. There was another guy that I don't know who he was. The youngsters. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so I think Liam Mitchell is a very good lock, if uh, a work rate lock and a fantasy player. If he gets a start, keep your eye out for him. Mm. Danny Tuala, I don't really expect to feature, but Salisi Rayasi, I think he's a real good chance to actually get some game time. Mm. Uh, we were talking about all the hypotheticals about what might happen with those outside backs. My opinion is that they'll probably put Geordie Barrett to the 13 jersey. The other option is Peter Omunga Jensen, who's been training the house down. But who's there on tour, yeah. Yeah, I think Geordie Barrett, unless they think he's just too good at fullback at the moment. They put him to 13. Then you've got Chase Tiatia back at fullback in the mm. form he's been in. And then that opens up the chance for Salisi Rayasi to come in on the wing. Mm. Yep. That's what I want to see. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, yeah, Peter Omega Jensen just slots straight in and it's a bit boring. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lions are coming second in the conference and they really need to win this to stand a chance of making the finals. It's just so stacked in those uh, lower qualifying positions. The Canes, on the other hand, are a shorter final spot and they can kind of just go out there and play their game without too many worries. There is a chance for them if they can go bag two bonus points two bonus point wins, mm. and the Crusaders have a stutter up and fall over against the Rebels, that the Crusade, the Hurricanes could still finish top of the, com- the competition and get a home grand final. So there is a lot to play for them in that. Mm. I don't see it happening, but yeah, there's it's chance. Yeah, Rebels, go them. Rebels. Everyone loves go the Rebels. Yeah. Um, Dane Coles and Gareth Evans will be back into the starting lineup. you would think. Mm. Finally, Coles will be getting their run again. Um, the red cover for Fida means Evans will probably just come in on that six jersey. I think that's probably most mm. likely, and they, they leave their eight in there. Reed Prince. Yeah. Uh, who apparently he was injured before in those games that he missed. I thought he just wasn't being selected, but mm. it was an injury. Mm. Um, so I guess that gives you some confidence that they do like him there. Mm. Um, Lamape probably not going to get the rest that he was originally planned to get with Matt Proctor out. I just don't see them wanting to change up both their centers. Although, again, you could just put Jordy Barrett at in at 12. That is apparently yeah. his favorite position. Yeah. Wouldn't mind seeing it either. <laughs> um, interesting one. The Hurricanes have the lowest advantage line percentage in the competition, yet they're in the top five for run meters, line breaks, tackle busts, and even picks and drives. So, they actually are really, really effective, and it shows how good they are in open play. Mm. They'll do some tight runs, pick and goes, and that kind of thing, which won't see them actually get too far in terms of their field position. But when they unleash the likes of La Marpe and Co., they just cut people apart. And this is going to be one of those types of open, expansive games. For sure. 
the Lions are playing an upbeat, up-paced kind of game at the moment as well, scoring some good points. Uh, the Lions, I expect, will have to dominate the set piece, though. That's definitely the Hurricanes' weakness, just like it has been for years gone past. Well, they, the, the Canes last week got destroyed by the Sharks in the scrum, and the Lions destroyed the Stormers. So, yeah, by those uh, odds, <laughs> we can deduce that they should annihilate the Hurricanes. Absolutely, and, and just the line-out as well. The Hurricanes are pretty poor against everybody. Mm. Um, I think they're going to have to play a real fast defensive line speed take away that wide ball and uh for the hurricanes and then just take their points on offer which i don't really see them doing to which, be honest which team did we see we saw one team just get up in Bowden barrett's face and shut him out for one week i can't remember who it was it must have been another kiwi team it wasn't oh, maybe status yeah, it was the Crusaders. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, so it is possible to, yeah. to that, that. That rattles him. He doesn't like that high line speed. He puts a lot of bad little kicks in behind. He kind of loses his composure for sure in that regard. Mm. Um, and then look, the other thing is rolling more tries for the lines. I think would be big as well. Muck and marks eat art out. Can't see him having a, a small small score this week. No. Um, excellent. All right. Next game: Stormers and Sunwolves uh, at home and DHL Newlands. Yeah. Um, Yes, so it's kind of it is a depleted Stormers team. Um, the injuries scar to Benny. He was pulled pregame with a cork thigh. Um, not sure what we'll see with him. Evan Etzebeth, uh, we have to. I guess we'll wait to hear. But uh, I think it's almost confirmed. He's seen a specialist on on Tuesday. Okay, so if he's broken his hand, he won't be playing. Yeah. Sonatla with the hammy. I don't think we'll see him playing either. It looked like when he came off about five minutes in. He's doesn't... on the injury list, whatever that means. Mm. Uh, and Cobus Visa also with a ham- hammy. Um, I don't know, like, you know, they could rush him back. because no, I, I think he's I think he's out. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's in definitely in considerable doubt. I think Skyrim and Domeni is probably the only one there that you'd, you'd expect should be back. Okay. All right. And then returning, we have Chris Manzal, or Chris Manzal from um, back injury. Who? The lock. No, no, I just mean who. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, oh, is Bongi back? Bongi Umbanambi could be back yeah, from Yeah, he's quad. back training with the squad. Okay. And for the Sunwolves, Craig Miller um, is... I don't know if he's been named to go on that tour, but he was he was back last week. Back early yeah, he's been just... in the mix for a couple of weeks. I don't know. He was the captain. He's, he's co-captain. Season, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it is a little bit of a drawing a long bow. They don't care on, about on co-captains anymore. About captains taking the field. It's just anyone Someone can be captain. Don't care about anything. Yeah, yeah, they're just having a party. No, I mean in Super Rugby general, no one cares about who their captain is being on the field anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. So anyway, I was going to say who the hell is left in the second row for the Stormers um, because they had lost Etzebeth, Peter Stefford, Toy, Chris Van Zyl, who is now back. But also J.D. Schickling and Salman Morat. Um, and Kobus Vise. And sorry. So literally the only people left were Ertz Van Ryan, Ertz Van Rin, Ryan, whatever, and um, Chris Van Zyl coming back. So I guess that, that answers the question. It's going to be Chris Van Zyl or, Ertz Van Or maybe Johan Dutoit as well. He plays a bit of lock and six, doesn't he? He, he mainly plays um, back row. I haven't seen him actually play lock. but um, I just assume. Yeah, I know. Look, Isn't he just a clone of his brother? He is. He looked bloody great last week. Um, he, was, he was the only player doing anything in the forward pack for the Stormers. Um, and so I'm looking forward to seeing him get more go- game time. and uh, Picking him up this week? No, um, but also playing more in the future. Um, all right. And so, yes, look, despite uh, all of this losses of personnel... Can't really see the Stormers losing this at home in Newlands. I think um, they will just play a very tight and straightforward forwards game. Uh, they will just, uh, even though their scrum got destroyed by the uh, Lions last week, can't see them losing that to the to the Sunwolves. Um, and I think they're just going to slow the game right down, kick for, kick their goals, kick for the corners, um, and just absolutely maul them at set pace. Um, 
the Sun will show last week, basically, if they play Sal Markey, then they're a dominant side. So um, I hope they play Sal Markey again. No, um, no so, a dominant side. Yeah. Didn't they get down? Yeah, they got smashed, but let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, so, so Sal Markey hopefully is playing again. Um, in terms of the Sunwolves, so there's been a Japan to, uh, a Japanese international tour squad of 42 players for June announced. Uh, you can check our Twitter for all of that. But um, some of those players that are in that squad and will not be available for the Sunwolves to go on tour include Amanaki Mafi, Raboni, Warren Voiseyato, Hendrik Tui, Grant Hatting. Um, yes, I was just naming some of the big players. But yeah, so check out Twitter for that or... Um, Richard Freeman. Uh, Atata Mokiola. And he was one I was going to talk about. So he is not a Sunwolves player. He is a Chiefs player. But um, Atata Mokiola, or Hakuna Atata, as we like to call him, um, was not playing last week for the Chiefs, even though I was fairly sure he'd be listed as starting um, on the left wing. But um, And that's because he's flying back to Japan and he's training for the World Cup. So, uh, yes, he Chiefs, anyone with, who likes the Chiefs, they've got to buy this week. But anyone um, who's thinking about a Chiefs outside back for next week, Moikiola won't be there. So you've pretty, pretty got a pretty safe bet that it's Wainui, Stevenson, and Alamalo. Yep. Um, yeah, okay. So this game, basically, I'm not sure. I, I, I guess I didn't put here, but who's going to replace Sunlato? He's not playing. Um, I'm not sure who they're going to pull up for that one. Who do they have in the outside backs? Um, for who, sorry? Uh, Sunlato. So Peterson, I'm pretty sure, is still injured. So Jill Peterson. Um yeah, I'm not sure who they're going to pull up. Probably should have thought about this before. Well, SB Maria was like, a, it was only a small injury when he got injured. He was like a little hip flexor strain or something. That's true. They might try to make their team worse and bring back SP Maria. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if they got like Craig Berry on the outside somewhere. Mm. One, one of those other guys that you just haven't seen yet. True. Well, he's he's the only. Or, or the other one is Uvi Yuan could slot into the team and they could put the bounty hunter out. The bounty hunter out. That's true. Yeah, that's possible. Um, but yeah, although I think pretty. Like, you know, apart from all the injuries, I think the team's pretty set. It's going to be pretty similar to last week. The back's pretty much at full strength, apart from Sonatla. Um And, yeah, it's just about whether the forwards are going to be able to get the job done and lay that platform, and the Stormers are just going to grind it out. So, I say the Stormers are grinded out. Harry, what do you think? Um, no. You're going to turn around and back the Sunwolves? I mean, this is it. It's their game. <laughs> no, it's going to be the Stormers easy. Okay. All right. <laughs> Excellent. All right, that takes Mate, us to... My, my whole team is Stormers. <laughs> yeah, I don't talk shit about Stormers. <laughs> so it. I just thought, before we move on to the last game, mate, mm. you said Jackson Hemopo has the highest three-round average, and I just thought it was worth highlighting who it actually was, <laughs> okay. because it was a way you dropped... Marika Corobetti apparently has the highest three-round average with a 73.3. How do you feel about that? What's Hemopo's, though? Just... Hemopo's 70.7. Okay, so it's pretty close. So pretty average, yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty average. Um, yeah, I don't feel great about that. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, look, Corey Betty served his purpose. He got me the 100-point week. At least you don't have to play him this week against Larry now that Larry's... He's been benched for Larry. That's true. Yeah. And even if I did have him last week, I still wouldn't have beaten you, so I can take a solace in that. That's true. <clears throat> You're way off. Aguares uh, <laughs> versus the Sharks, final game. Uh, injuries, you got Moyano gone for four to six weeks. you got Thomas Lazana gone for one to two weeks, we think, as well, with another hammy tear. Um, and then returning for the Sharks, the Sharks, you got Craig Burden coming back from his bicep repair. Apparently, he's in the mix. No Ackers, as we expected, mm. though. Um, so he, I expect him to be on the, the bench and Karen Van Vuren to start. Yes. Yep. And uh, Sebastian Cancelliere is expected back from his hip flexor tear as well. He is back. He's listed as, well, sorry, in the train as well. Oh, yeah, I'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> 
Don't jump the gun. Sorry, I, just, I know you're warming everyone up for it, and I just there you go. The Jaguars have won seven of their last eight games and four from six at home this year, so they Ooh. have been relatively successful. <laughs> considering that we've done a lot of talking this year about how they don't play very well there. That's it. They've yeah. only actually lost two games there. Okay. Uh, last year, the Jaguars went on that four-game winning streak in the, the Australasian tour, mm. and then came back and won three games in a row. So there's no real signs of them in the past losing focus when they come back, and I think that bodes well for them this week. I think that they'll probably get it done again against the Sharks. Mm. Um, I expect the Shark, the Haguardes to roll out their A-team this week to guarantee their top spot in the pool and then maybe rest a few more of their players against the Sunwolves next week, yep. give them a bit of a freshen up before they probably finish second on the overall table. Mm-hmm. The training lineup has actually been posted, and apparently the coach spoke to the reporters and pretty much confirmed that that was the team that he was going to play with as well. So, interesting ins include uh, Boffelli back at fullback, Pablo Matera back in the Lucies, Thomas Kupeshi at number nine, and the hero, Geronimo de la Fuente, back at inside centre as well. Uh, you had Sebastian Canciliere as Kagi. Uh, he went early a little rudely, bit. Rudely jumping. Rudely, in. very rudely. Yeah. Uh, Infer Moyano on the on the wing as well with Carreras, Carreras on the other wing. Mm-hmm. And then you also have uh, Guido Petty, Lazana and Orlando all not playing. So I think Petty is a rest. Lazana, yeah, so he could be on the bench. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. Lazana is injured, as we've said, and Orlando uh, probably bench, probably I would bench. think, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sharks are a real mixed bag on tour this year. They've got three wins, a draw, and two losses. They went down 17-51 to 51 in Durban in round nine against the Haguares. Yeah. So not that long ago, and it was an absolute spanking. Not great. The Sharks have the second-best defense in the comp at 18.4 points per game, but also score the fourth least themselves, 23.1 per wow, game. Wow, they've got the second-best defense in the comp. That blowout from the Haguarias must have been like... Ruined everything yeah, for yeah, them. Yeah, geez. they should be the best. Mm. Uh, their game plan will be to outmuscle the Haguarias and grind out a win because it seems like that's their only game plan. <laughs> and I think that's probably the dumbest game plan you can go in with against the Haguarias, and it's probably why they got absolutely smoked last year. Yeah. Last week, sorry. So I'm thinking. Uh, I'd be trying. I'd be trying your backline. I guess. I mean, the Sharks have got a great backline. You know? They do. Yeah. Kerwin Bosch has, has been a revelation for them. That's it. In the last three weeks, the Sharks have been outclassed by the Hurricanes and the Chiefs, well beaten, and they only managed to beat the Lions off the back of two intercept drives. That was really the deciding, That's telling true. factor in that game. Yeah. So I think it's hard to see anything other than a Haguardes big win. Canciliere to get his hot step and feet back into the game as mm. well. Looking forward to seeing that. That'll be a great battle. Yeah, like Pimpy. Uh, and Cossi, Consigliere, and Carrera so that'll be good. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And Buffelli, lots of points, right? Yeah, for me. Okay, all right. <laughs> Can't be dead. Yeah, absolutely. So, what do you I'm think? You're, you're, so, you're saying Hagiwaris get it done? Yeah, I think so. Same. Yeah, I'm with that. Excellent. All right, good. Well, let's uh, move on to uh, that meal that comes after the main course. Excellent. Very smooth. It was good. What a remix. Jeez, are you a DJ? Like The accidental DJ. <laughs> I mean, not accidental. Classic. Ooh. All right, so Bulls, Bears, and Bubbles. <laughs> let's, uh, let's smash this one out really quickly. Um, we are going to... Uh, we're not in, sorry, we didn't include any Chiefs and Crusaders in this due to uh, the, the buys they have this week and next week. So um, we're just talking... We're just looking at all the other players. So I'm going to do props uh, as I'm the prop myself. So... Um, for, you never said that on this podcast. I've never, no, that's true. Um, and I've never said that the uh, order of importance uh, goes from the number on their back to a team. 
Never. Never. No. Okay. Um, for, so for my my bulls, um, uh, Tom Robertson, he's uh, he's got an average of twenty two point six, but his three round average, and he's only started the last three games uh, this year, is thirty five point three. So Tommy Robinson is just going to definitely get you in the mid thirties. He just uh, every game. I, mean, I don't know. He takes quite a few hit ups, quite a lot of tackles. He just gets through work and um, and he plays. He's playing more and more minutes. So that really surprised me when you said that because obviously Harry Johnson Holmes should take more minutes off him. I didn't think he was going to be that valuable, but that's a that's a very solid three round average since starting. It is. It's just in a World Cup year, so I think Harry Johnson Holmes his form would have warranted more time, but they just need to push Robinson up there because he's that third Wallaby um, loose head. So, um, yes, and also he's going to get through more work, particularly if Kepu gets rested, um, which brings me to the Bears. Scopey Kepu, he hasn't been rested. We've got a lineup this week, uh, but I would I would really think he's going to be rested next week. Um, it would be amazing if he's not. So. Well, funny story on that. Yeah. I didn't get into it too much on the uh, review. Mm. He's the, the coach Gibson's come out and said he cannot guarantee that he will rest his Wallabies next week. <laughs> Classic. All right, well... <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt then. But um, yeah, in terms of Bears, I basically have Kepu and Alan Alatoa purely because both of them have been pl- have been playing pretty much the entire season. Um, I think Alan might have been rested once. Um, and look, I mean, the Tars have... Who's the replacement for Kepu at the moment? They've got Chris Talakai and with the... Uh, Where Brumbies, they've been injured as well. Yeah, and Brumbies, they've got Les Macon. So they don't really have big-time replacements to come in and back them up, which is why these guys just play big minutes. They both have... Huge averages. Oh, well, Kepu's 28.2, three-round, 35. Five-round, 38.4. Uh, Alan Altoa, 35.9 average, three-round, 35. And five-round, 42.2. So, huge. Big props getting through work, but I just think they have to get a rest this week or next week. So, um, yes, uh, for Bubbles, um, I don't know where that's gone. I thought I had written a player. But uh, Smokey Prop, Harry's looking one up. Who could... Who could blow it up this week uh, in a random prop? I'm going to have to say, thinking about the matchups, um, Crusaders. Now we've got that pretty set. Um, I would say maybe Offa. Offa Tungupasi. He's been in a pretty big run of form. 46.3, three-round average. His last four scores are 46, 61, Mm. 28, and 50. And he's playing almost 80 minutes every single game, or 80 minutes quite often. He's making that big push to get back in the all-black squad. So I I still don't think that he'll rate that highly on people's uh, radars, but Mm. he's a very good player if you could sneak him up. Obviously, he's been scoring some tries in that, but he's just been getting through a lot of work. So, um, yeah, and particularly with... The double carries for props and double meters, uh, yep. definitely worth having a look. Excellent. All right. Well, that takes us to hookers, please, Harry. Yep. <clears throat> so, I mean, the ball's an obvious one. Like, you, you just can't be anything, say anything other than Malcolm Marks. Yes. The, the Lions have actually come into some form, which helps. Um, mm-hmm. Their playing roster has uh, gotten through most of their, their rests and that kind of thing. They've gotten most of their injuries back, obviously, other than Warren Whiteley. Mm. Um, he already knows how to score well, so he's got a 50-point average when the team's doing poorly, but when they're doing well, it's a 55.3 round, uh, average. Mm. Three-round average is 68. Mm-hmm. Five-round average is 59.6. Yeah. So his three- and five-round average are indi- indicative of the Lions' form since he's returned home from tour. Mm. And, I mean, we've already talked about the fact that we think there might be some rolling more tries there for him this week as well. Yeah. He's only going to finish strong. Yeah. I mean, we're not telling people things they didn't know. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Bears, Anaru Rungi, I think 30.8 average. He's been rested this week. He's, he's on got, the bench. He's on the bench, yeah. So, yeah. 
Same time, mate. You're not, no one's playing him this week. Uh, his 30 average has been really good. Uh, it's very possible he doesn't get another run because obviously Jordan Ulysses needs time and they've shown that this week uh, with the start yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, we wrote this on Monday and boom, Ulysses starting. So um, Good to see we weren't far off. And so, yeah, I would be sacking him. I don't even know if you'll get anyone to pick him up. Maybe you can sell the story of, ah, oh, you know, the Rebels are trying to hold him for finals <laughs> and therefore he's going to play next week. But I don't know if you'll get that over the line. Mm. The bubble, I mean, again, this one, if you don't know this, you're a bit of a moron. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Dane Coles. Boom. He's back. He's played some minutes. Yeah. Enough said, you know, like he's just going to be an he's absolute weapon always. <laughs> exactly. He's got a 34.8 average. Early in the score, the season, he scored a 69 and a 55 when yeah. he actually started. People forgetting he did play about four or five games the start of the season. That's so. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm expecting him back starting, getting some good solid minutes and trying to push for the All Blacks now. Yeah. And uh, one weaker, I would say, Andrew Makaleo as well, uh, just scores so many points whenever he's on the field. This will be his last game. I think he won't start in the finals because you'll have uh, Dubai next week. Cody Taylor back. Cody back. Yeah. Of course, I have both of these hookers, so I have no idea who to start this week, but that's uh, it's a problem for tomorrow. Dane Coles, man. All day? All yeah. Right. Uh, for locks, let's move on to that. Bulls, simplest answer again. It's like Malcolm Marks. RG Snyman. I mean, the man is a beast, and he has been killing it. Um, he's just... I don't know. He's av- okay, his average is 51. Let the numbers speak for themselves. Average is 51. Three round, 54... Five round, 50.6. He just sits at 50 points a game. Like, he takes all of the lineouts, literally all of them. They don't even bother, like, with deception anymore. They just, they know he is so, he gets up so high that no one is going to be able to beat him. So they just throw it to him every lineout. And also, if you steal the ball from him, he will kill you. Yeah, exactly. That's it. He'll give you that look. It's all over. But, um, and he's also, he's playing every single minute. The Bulls don't have a luxury of a lot of locks. They did fly over Eli Schneiman, not related to him, uh, just FYI. Um, for this game but um, yeah so they've got him and Jason Jenkins uh, and they just haven't had any other coverage with uh, Lude Dejaga out um, Bears Tommy Franklin so he did get a start this week uh, when I wrote this at the uh, on Monday I thought maybe he would be rested and that's because he's been he's played the last eight games straight starting um, and boy he's been good but um, he has started to take a bit of a dip um, his average is 29.6 three round is 31 five round 36.6 doesn't, so doesn't that mean doesn't really support my uh, <laughs> no, but um, he, he he has been he was scoring a little bit better before that, um, and uh, yeah anyway I thought he'd be rotated out. The Highlanders have lots of locks, um, and they're all back at home now. Everyone's available, so the likes of Homopo, Perry Perry Parkinson, or Perry Perry Chicken, um, Josh Dixon, and Jack Wedden. So anyway, reg- reg- I guess uh, don't regard that because he is starting this week. But I think he'll probably be rested next week. But you never know. Bubbles, Jackson Hamopa, we've talked about him. Uh, I can't say he has the highest three-round average anymore, thanks, Corbetti, but uh, second highest three-round average, 70.7 in the comp. It's five-round, 43.6, and 34.1 for his season average. Didn't go on tour, but he'll be revved and ready. He really wants to make a big last couple of weeks and also push his claim for an All Blacks jersey, Um, and we'll see how that goes. Yep, back rowers. So back rowers, uh, credit to Nelson. Artie Sevilla was his one that he thought would score well. I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah, uh, you can't look past him, though, realistically. He's the top breakaway of the season uh, by average. He's got the second 
top three round average and the top five round average. So it kind of speaks for itself. He's mm. just going to score big points. It doesn't matter who he plays. And the crazy thing is he does it in a defensive dominated game mm. or in an attacking dominated yeah, game. He scores big points on both sides of it. You're, n- you're never worried about playing him. You're never thinking, oh, maybe I won't play him this week. No, no. Yeah. it's always huge. Mm. The other one that we're, we originally had, we removed him, and now that the lineup's out, is Akira Iwane. We'll put mm. him back in there. Sure. So we thought that he was going to be rested this week. It was meant to be last week. Injuries meant it wasn't. This week, they rested a couple of other players, Enrico and uh, Patrick Tuopolotu, so they've decided to play him again. Mm. Um, and then that for, therefore, Big Reds had a rest mm. um, or on the bench. So Akira Ioane, we think that not only is he scoring 38.8 average on the former, I don't think he's been quite at his best, mm. but they play the Reds and the Hurricanes to finish the season. Now, that might not sound crash hot for the loose forward, but surprisingly, if you look at the matchups, the Reds actually are the best team for loose forwards to score against, and the Hurricanes are the fourth best team for the loose forwards to score against. So they're actually good matchups for someone like Akira Ioane, and we all know he wants to hog the ball and put it, put his name in the ring for the All Blacks tour of the World Cup as well. Exactly. His name in the squad, and he's got to, he's got to keep working and stay there. Pablo Matera on the flip side, we're a bit more bearish on, which breaks my heart because he's mine, mm. comes up against the fifth hardest team to play for Lucy's on the Sharks, followed by the hardest teams. This is not a mistake. The Sunwolves. The Sunwolves are the hardest Come to again. score for loose forwards. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, um, that's fair enough. It's because all the outside backs are scoring everything. That, that's right. Yeah, They're yeah. just flinging it out wide. <laughs> yeah. So, therefore, hard matchups. And then, fun fact on top of that, his regular scores of 40s, 60s, and 70s have slumped to a run of four matches in which his highest score has been 21 points. Obviously, one of those he came off the bench. I think two of them he came off the bench. No, the way, it's pretty average. Mm, yeah. Uh, so, matchups and forms, uh, I, I don't know. I would trade him away. You probably get a lot for him as well. I'll try it. The bubble, yeah? No. <laughs> <laughs> the bubble is going to be on Big Dalton Papali'i. The reason being, originally he was going to play eight this week for Akira to have a rest, but instead he's playing at six. Mm. Akira still due a rest, potentially. Number one, I think maybe he's, fa- he's favoured over Big Source, but very likely he could get a game in number eight jersey next week as well. So two starts, and he's been in a real good run of form. Yeah. Um, I'd also suggest he could play the 80 minutes this week. They could take gear off. Yeah, that's very right. Yeah, he, they could move him and, and shift him back to the eight jersey. Mm. Um, I think I think uh, Nelson said the only other Blues lose forward who could score well in these matchups like that we talked about for it, like uh, Akira, you know, plays the, mm. the other ones, is Gibson. Mm. Um, but he's just so rubbish. I just don't see him actually come into it. He is, absolutely. Dalton, Dalton Papali, he also has a score of 0.5 points per minute as well, which is pretty massive for a loose forward. Huge. Huge. All right, uh, Scrum Half. Uh, well, God, we didn't go through and edit all of these, but um, we had uh, Will Genya. Um, so we'll scrap him because he's missing this week. He's missing this week, which kind of makes it hard. Move on. I've got another one there for you. We can spend more talking about him. Oh, of course you do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, well, we can't talk about Tate McDermott either, um, but we can certainly talk about Herschel Yachis, Harry. Yes. Yes. Uh, we we'll spend triple the time on him. Six, <laughs> six on average overall with 34.9 for scrum halves. Uh, but he's playing the Sunwolves this week. So that's the best possible team for scrum halves to play. Uh, and look, I mean, he's he's been electric, and you'd almost have him. You'd almost think he's going to score a try in most games. You definitely have to think he's scoring a try this week. Um, so yes, uh, the only I mean, the only bad side is he's playing the Sharks next week, who are actually the worst team for scrum halves to play. 
Um, but he seems to score well against all competition, kind of like Artie Sevilla. So. Literally the only player with a higher average than him in the halfbacks that will play two games to round out the season is TJ Perinara. What about Aaron Smith? No? Oh, he's lower, yeah. Yeah, no, 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 sorry, he is higher. My is, bad. Yeah. I was thinking he has a buy, but he doesn't. No, that's it. Just, just tight. My boy, Aaron Smith. He's got a lower three-round average, though. True. Um, all right, so the Bears, Brad Webber, um, well, base, oh, so we did, did put a Chiefs player in here then. Okay. Um, yeah, because well, he's only going to play one game. He's got a he's got a, um, a buy. I know. I thought we were, we were trying not to put Crusaders and Chiefs into Now we use it a few times. All right, we've already done it. Never mind. Uh, Brad Webber, yeah, he's got a buy. Sitting in third in total average. But he's only playing one game, and uh, it'll be against the Rebels, who uh, is also a tough matchup for halfbacks in terms of fantasy scoring. So, um, yes, I don't think... I mean, possibly trade him out if you can get hold of someone like Yanchis or Aaron Smith or something, but I doubt that's going to happen. So, uh, Bubbles, Jamie Booth. Uh, yeah, look, Booth has been incredible every time he's got a start um, for the Sunwolves. He's just really... He just takes the ball and kind of plays his own game. He's been really given the freedom to express himself. Um, Harry's just seen a Hurricanes lineup listed. Should we pause? Oh, my God. Is that a Geordie Barrett at 13? Did we? It is. We nailed that. <laughs> Spot on. So you got Toby Smith, Precatelli, mm. not Dane Goals. Jeffrey Tumunga Allen. Mother. Dane Goals still benched. In the locks, you got Blackwell and Isaiah Wukaliawere with Liam Mitchell on the bench. Mm. The Lucys, you got Princep, Karifi, and Evans. I've decided to rest my boy, <laughs> so <laughs> that burns a lot. Mm. <laughs> Not even on... Oh, no, he's on the bench, sorry. Okay. TJ Perinara, Bodie Barrett at 9 and 10. Senna's Laumape and Geordie Barrett with Tia Tia, Blam, and Marshall in the outside back. Blam at 14 this time, okay. Yeah, and uh, Justin Marshall playing at fullback, which could be good. Ray Arce on the bench, and uh, Peter Omunga Jensen, the other guy that was in the mix on the bench as well. Excellent. Okay. I can't believe they rested Artie. That's heartbreaking. <laughs> All right. Very good. All right, well, with that, um, yeah, I mentioned Booth. I just said he was he was massive. They're playing the Stormers, second best for scrum halves, and the Haguaris, fifth best for scrum halves. He, Jamie Booth has an average of 40.6 when starting, so could be huge. Pick him up if you need a halfback. Absolutely. All right, Harry, can you take us through the fly halves? I can. Uh, we got Bodie Barrett, obviously bullish on him because his average is 49.2. Huge. The next best fly half is 37.1, Bryce Eagley. So he's just a country mile ahead, and now we know he's playing as well. Yep. Three-round average is 64.7. His five-round average is 59.4, and he's got a .63 point per minute, mm. and he plays pretty much every minute. Yeah. Uh, Do they have a, they have a um, fly half on the bench? Hurricanes? No, but they they didn't, but I mean, they have Marshall and Fuller. They've got James Marshall. But let's be honest, he's not. He's playing that. the 80, yeah. Barrett, basically. So. Absolutely. There you go. He's had ample rest weeks already. Uh, he's only played 10 games of the season, so he's kind of hidden his traps now. And we expect this game against the Lions to be fast paced and a lot of points in it as well. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, Elton Yanchis cannot defend. So if he can run around here a few times, there's bonus there. Yeah. And then he plays the Blues in uh, at home. In round 18 as well. So easy matchups there all around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Uane is the other one we're bullish on. 29.8 average. His three-round average, though, is 52.7. And his five-round average is 45.4. So his average is definitely brought down by the d- game time when he was sitting on the bench. Yeah. No more. I think they've, they've definitely established that he's their first choice. Mm-hmm. And particularly um, with Marty Banks out injured. That's right. So straight back in for him. Mm-hmm. Uh 
bearish a little bit more on Richie Moe. Uh, obviously, only playing one game, and uh, it's been a disappointing season for for who people that have him as a first round draft pick. The Crusaders do play the Rebels this week, and they'll likely dominate. But the Rebels play defense with a high line speed, and obviously that will be a massive focus for them against the Crusaders. So it should be another week of just shoveling or crossfield kicking for Richie. Not as much running with the ball, which is what he's so effective at. And it's a lot worse for him that uh, Tamua is uh, lining up across from him instead yeah, yeah. of Quade Cooper. So <laughs> yeah, he's that's, really... a, that's a big difference maker. <laughs> yeah, huge. Um, on the bubble, I'm going to say Matty McGann in for the red. So he slides in there for me because no one really stands out, but he's shown that he's a class player. And uh, I, I think there could be some points in there for him. And do you think he might go back to fullback as well? No, not necessarily. Exactly. I actually think that they, they know they need a fly half for next year and he's probably their project player at the moment. Okay. Excellent. All right. Centers, um, uh, we're bullish on DDA. He's currently 12th in um, the competition with a 30.6 average. Um, he's the player that I traded Curly Bill for very naively uh, many rounds Ooh, ago. But if we're right, mate, it might all come back up your way. I hope so. He, uh, he he's traded him off the back of some hot form, and I thought he was a safe option. But anyway, um, so the reason that we're bullish on him, uh, they play the Sunwolves, which is the best team you can play as a center or generally an outside back, uh, and then the Sharks, which is also pretty good for centers. Sharks. Um, the Sharks. Uh, and that'll be a good lineup. Um, him versus Andre the Giant Esterheisen. Yeah, um, I just want to say credit to uh, Jared Dyke, who does a lot of this stuff as well, gets online and, and puts a lot of stuff up. His Twitter handle is at jdyke8man, uh, puts a lot of the matchups, so that it'll really help for uh, picking positions on or when you've got decisions to make on who to play. Yeah, so that's where we're getting the uh, which... Ranks per position. There we go, boom. Uh, and the other one, TK, the choo-choo, Tavita Kurandrani. Um, he has a 56 three-round average... Uh, with the Waratahs and Reds to come. Um, he's just been really coming to form at the right time, the choo-choo. Uh, we've got a Crusaders lineup that has come out as well. All right, well, I'm just going to read through this one quickly because we need to finish this pod. We've got Joe Moody, uh, Andrew McAleo, Michael Alatoa, okay, so Noah and Frank, Scott Barrett, Sammy Whitelock, Vetu Douglas, Toddy, Kieran Reed, Hall, Mawanga, Enor, no bridge. Wow, Crotty and Goodhue, Sevi Reese and Havili, and no bridge on the bench. So bridge is gone. All right, on the bench we have Benny Fennell. Um, Tim Perry Tim, back. Tim Perry back. George Bauer, Luke Romano, Jordan Taufua, Eritara Inari, Brett Cameron, and Nani Punavai. So Maybe there is a bit more in that bridge uh, run-in. Yeah. Mm, very Why else would not be in the 23? Yes, okay. Well, um, let's not uh, speculate on that, but um, anyway... Like breaking news, even though people aren't going to listen to this pod live, but uh, that's the Crusaders lineup. So, uh, Sanders, what were we talking about? Um, yeah, we we had uh, the the uh, the Bulls, DDA, and TK Bears, Reese Hodge, uh, as Harry alluded to earlier in the pod, playing the Crusaders, which is not good for anyone, but uh, it's the worst for Sanders. And then the Chiefs, which is the fifth worst team to play as a center. Uh, also, his three round average is twenty two point seven. It's dropped from his five round average of thirty five point two. Uh, other Bears, uh, we had Nani Lamape down because uh, we thought he'd be rested this week, but um, he's going to be rested next week. Um, so obviously gun for this week. Um, he's playing, um, he's got a three-round average of 60.7 though, so he's been absolute heat. Um, I would yeah. expect him to get lots of points this week, but uh, he's probably going to be rested next week. Uh, and KB, well, we've put here he'll be rested next week, but God, who knows? So uh, the only Bear really is Reese Hodge um, for sure. 
Uh, in terms of bubbles, Carreras, Santiago Carreras, uh, he scored 56 points with a double last week. He's actually listed as a center um, by the stats guys. Um, and he plays the Sharks and Sunwolves to finish. So he's probably in for some tries, you'd have to think. Um, and Geronimo, or the hero, uh, De La Fuente, um, playing the Sharks, six percenters, and the Sunwolves, best percenters. So um, he sh- they should probably win both these games at home. And uh, I expect him to get some points. Yep. Let's finish on outside backs. Let's do it. Bulls. Curtis Rona is the obvious one for me. So he's back starting again. He's a weapon. He was very good last year. One of the top few outside backs. Mm-hmm. Definitely top 10. Mm-hmm. Top 6, I reckon. Yeah, I have to say so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this season, he's got a 38.5 round average. They're playing the Brumbies this week and then Just the Highlanders in round 18. Despite coming off the bench. That's right. Yeah. So those two players, the Brumbies and then the Highlanders, they can see the most outside back points per game. And he has his average despite only selling 7 of 11 games so far. Boom. So that's pretty big. I think he'll mm. be very, very good. Tommy Banks, uh, he's the other one. So he's 11th for the three-round averages on 42.3 and is a rich fan of form. Thankfully, thankfully he doesn't uh, have to make too many tackles because he misses a lot, and that's yeah. very heavily penalised. But they're playing the Waratahs and Reds, who play a loose style and a tight defensive line in those two teams, respectively. So both of those players, there's opportunity there for the outside backs to score lots of points, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. bit more bearish on Chris Fowal Sortia. He's 10th on the average at 37.9, but coming up against the Blues and the Brumbies, they're two games that I just think the Reds are going to get a little bit more dusted. I don't really see them being as much there for him. Mm. He will probably prove me wrong. He seems to ma- be able to manufacture points this year, but I think it'll probably be a quiet end to the year for him. It's about how many line breaks will Karebi get and give him the ball. That's right. That's about it. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, Sevu Reese. I was actually hoping he didn't play this week because I'm against him with Nelson. But uh, look, he's got one game left. And then of that, his three-round average is down to 28 now from 60.3 for the season, despite scoring quite well last week. So he's not anywhere near as consistent. Last week he was playing in front of his home fans as well, so that would have given him a little bit as well. You know, he's going to need two little open chances to prove me wrong, Mm. but realistically he's definitely not going as well as he was earlier in the season. He's the ultimate Kagi player. He's he's a rock and Oh, so rock and uh, bubbles, I'm going to say Salisi Rayasi. I was hoping he got a start, mm. but he wasn't. But just keep in mind, his points per minute is 1.65. So if he does get a run next week, pick him up. Mm-hmm. Emiliano Buffelli, uh, we could pick any of the outside backs for the Jaguares. They're playing the Sharks and the Sunwolves, who they should towel up pretty easily and score lots of points. Buffelli in particular has a 28.4 average. So generally uh, needs to climb a lot. <clears throat> to get anywhere respectable. He's got a 32.55 round average and shows he started to improve. Yeah. <coughs> In the first few games, he was really poor. Mm. So definitely on the up. Oh, come on. You can't have this next one. This one I almost put just for you. Oh, God. <coughs> Samisi Masawera. Jeez. I know. I know. He's shown the ability to go big. And with the announcement of the Sunwolves June squad, he should get plenty of game time. Mm. A lot of their competitive players are out. Um, they play the seven, the Stormers, who are seventh for outside, and the Haguares, who are the best team to play for outside backs. So to finish the year, uh, if the Sunwolves the don't team. fade, yeah. I thought the Sunwolves would be the best team. Oh, is it the best, not including the Sunwolves? No, no, I think it's actually including them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. the Sunwolves are second best. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so the Sunwolves don't fade completely, as they haven't yet. They could actually be quite good for Masawera's matchups. 
So some rules are the best for centers to play and the second best for outside backs to play. They're the best for every single possession position, <laughs> other than loose forwards, they're the worst. Right, yeah. And outsides, I think they're second, second. best. Okay. All right. Excellent. All right. Well, that, um, yeah. Uh, I think this podcast ended up being a little longer than we thought. We were going to hurry and I'm like, oh, we'll just smash through this quick pod, you know, just Thursday, get through it. But um, there you go. Uh, sorry for the delay this week. We've been pretty regular with our uh, scheduling this year, pretty much every every time on Monday night. So uh, hopefully we'll return to that next week. Um, and yeah, I guess see you in the next one. Thanks for listening. Stay slutty. <laughs>